Hey everyone, Charles here. And first of all, thank you for stopping by my podcast. If this show inspires you, makes you think, or gives you that courage to jump into action, please help by donating to this show. Click the link in the description and donate. Your donation helps us with production and finding great guests moving forward. Thank you and enjoy. Amazon is offering sign-on bonuses up to $1,000. Plus, get up to $20 an hour for select roles. The best part? We're hiring near you. So start now to take home something greater. New, higher wages with a sign-on bonus. A range of real benefits and career growth opportunities in a top-rated workplace. So earn more and see how great pay and sign-on bonuses can lead to a greater life for you. Go to Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Hey, how you doing? Charles here. And before we get started, I just want to thank my new sponsor, Alitu. Alitu is a great program for podcasters. It took my editing from an hour down to minutes. It helps you with voiceovers, editing, putting in commercials. So it helps me to help you to make me sound better. So I just want to thank Alitu for jumping on board for being our sponsor. Hey, and they trust me so much, they're giving me a code that I can give to you, my fans, my listeners. Go to Alitu and put in the key code name, JUMP. That's JUMP, J-U-M-P, and get a discount for you to try Alitude for yourself. I know it helped me, and it will help you too. Thank you to Alitude. You know you should be doing something different, right? Hey, I'm talking to you. Do you believe that you have the gift for greatness or have a special talent, but don't have the courage to take that next step? Always wondering how others made it look so easy? Well, welcome to Jump, the show that will bring you special guests just like you and me. How did they get the courage to jump into greatness? Doing what they love and living the good life. So get ready to jump with your host, Charles Matthews Jr. Good morning and good morning to everybody and welcome to the Jump Podcast Show. I'm your host, Charles Matthews, and welcome to the Jump. I hope everybody's having a great day. I know it's snowing outside, it's kind of cold, but you know, we're going to warm it up with my next guest. Now, you know, I seen her online. I know she's doing some great things. So I said, you know something? She's a person that I want on the jump. So without further ado, Carlene, are you there? I am here. Good morning. Good morning. And how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I hear you say it's snowing outside. I haven't, believe it or not, opened my curtains all morning. So I'm taking <laughs> your word for it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to look at it either. But, you know, sometimes you just got to go outside and take a look. I know. <laughs> All right. So before we start on, I always like to give people, my listeners, your background. So tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from? What do you do? Who is Carlene? Now, this is a question I always find so difficult to answer, not because I don't know who she is, but because she does so much. In any case, I, I am born and raised in Jamaica, and I came to Canada after my graduation from high school. So I've been living in Canada for quite a long time now, and um, Canada really is home. And in the process of those years, I have done a lot of things and made so many transitions in my life. And I have to say now, I believe that I'm living my authentic life. And this is why I now coach people into doing the same thing. So I have gone from being a 
project manager to a business analyst to, um, you know, just I've held different uh, positions in the information technology arena, worked for several different industries, um, telecommunications, energy, government, banking. And, you know, I think um, not long ago, I, I realized that as much as I, I enjoyed doing technology, it really wasn't for me. I was starting to lose the verb, the vest, and decided that, you know, I wanted to do what I really wanted to do. And um, through a series of events that happened, it really just pushed me right into be doing what my passion is and which is which is writing. And so I've been pers pursuing my writing and making that my career over the past, I would say, four years officially. Um, I was doing it while I was in corporate on the side, but now I do it full time. And as a result of all the different things that I've done in my life through my 20 years of corporate and being involved in my community, I was now I'm now branded as a leadership mentor because of the, the the vast background, the immense background that I come with. And so one of the things that I like to tell people is that the roles that you hold in society is not really who you are. Who you are at the core are the values and the beliefs that you hold dear, that were created or, or that you developed or chose as your, um, what should I say, your foundation, right? And I, I teach people, I teach people to build on that and not to really to identify themselves as one title or something or another. So Carleen Millwood is a very passionate individual who loves to help other individuals come into their greatness. I love to teach people to unlock their potential. I help, love to help them to find things within themselves that they don't even know that was there and to really take those things and put them on display. I love to help people come into their greatness. So that's who Carleen Millwood really is. Well, and here's the thing that I always wondered, and that's why I wanted to do this show called Jump, because people, I think there's greatness in everybody, but there's mm -hmm. a point in your life when you have to understand, I got to take that chance and jump. When did you yes. know that you said, this is my time to jump. I'm not scared anymore. I want to move forward. I can take that first step. Mm -hmm. So that happened for me in 2015. I had just transitioned from one, um, one position to another. The, and, and I had made it to me, well, I would say to the top of my career at that point, or it's the highest place I've been in my career. Over the 20 years, I've become a senior manager in my field and, you know, I had my staff of, um, it was about eight to 10 people, my little corner office and all of that stuff. And it was great. And I was making the, the, the commensurate salary to go along with it. And there was um, some, there was an element of disagreement in one of the projects that I was working on. And things went awry. And then I was um, told that they don't want to keep me anymore. And the yeah. reason they didn't want to keep me anymore is simply because I spoke out against certain things that I saw. And I, I decided I wasn't going to keep quiet about it anymore. So I, I guess I was a little too blunt. And um, they decided that they didn't want to keep me anymore as a result of that. And when I got let go, I got home the day and there were several things that happened. But one of the, the most important things that happened is that I evaluated the situation. And I said to myself, 
if I have to work in a place or if I have to work among people where I cannot be true, where I cannot be truthful, where I cannot be authentic, then I don't want to be there. And I decided at that point in my life that I'm not going back into the corporate world because I've been doing it for 20 years. I've kept quiet about a lot of stuff. I've allowed myself to be suppressed and in some cases oppressed, um, not because I was fearful, but they, you, you, you're told that keeping quiet is the way to maintain the status quo and to rise in your career. And I look at it and I said, if I have to be fake in order to rise, then it really doesn't make sense for me. And right. I decided at that point in time that, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. And um, once everything was sorted out severance wise and I cut the ties with them, I decided um, with a little bit of divine intervention that I'm now going to pursue what I really love. The first thing I did was I moved to Vancouver in 2016 and enrolled myself in film school in an intensive program, intensive one year program. And the rest, as they say, is history. So that's when I made my big jump. Well, and then the thing is, we have a lot of listeners listening, and most of them, I would say 85% of them know that they're in a job that they know they should be higher higher up in their job. Most yes. of them know that the person, the people that are passing them by, either one, they train them, yes, and, and that's a scary thing. You know, you, they, they, your boss says, oh, can you show this person A, B, and C, and you work with them and you train them, and then next mm-hmm. thing you know, they pass you by and get that promotion. or yes. They see their boss every day and there's projects going on and they're too scared to ask for that next project. <laughs> How do we yeah. get over that hump? So it's, it's a thing where you're, if, if you're going to become that person to address some of these issues, you've got to have a backbone. Because the system is designed in such a way that will shame you into silence. I, I remember at the age of 27, was the first time I tackled something that I, I, I thought of as inequitable in the corporate world. And um, there are always ways to do things. So sometimes you don't, you don't, you don't really address things on the cuff or, or you know, on the nose, as they would say, because not everybody can handle it. And my way to address it at that point, and, and, and really what, what it was that I was talking about was I was in a group, a pool of project managers. I was probably the youngest. And one of the um, one of two females on the team, the rest of them were male. In the process of that, I realized that there were people like you say that I was training and helping to do things that were making more in salary than I was. I also noticed that the the um, the more sexy projects, forgive me if, if that's offended, offended anyone, but the, 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 the projects that had the more lucrative outcomes were given to certain people, even though I had the training to handle them. And then I was being tossed these little bits and pieces. And so how I addressed it is that I went through the performance appraisal process. When it was time for performance appraisal, I decided to address it in there because there there's a place there where you put your employee comments. And within that, I wrote like a two-page essay, um, just stating what I saw, how I felt about it, and gave some suggestions of how that could change. It took a whole month for them to sign off on that appraisal. And in order for them to sign off on that appraisal, Charles, I literally had to backpedal. And it was done in such a way, though, that even though I had to backpedal, what happened is that the managing director of the group he called me in his office one day 
Right. And he's the first thing he asked is after he closed the door, he says, may I give you a hug? And he says, I'm not being rude. I want to I want to tell you why I want to do that. He says, for someone at your age and a young black woman. This has never been done in this organization. And I applaud you. May I give you a hug? And so he hugged me and then he asked me to sit and he said to me, he says, I see what you're doing. I respect you so much for doing that, but they're not ready. And he says, because they're not ready, they will never sign off on your performance appraisal. So for me, I am asking you just to backpedal a little bit. It's not that you're saying that they're right and you're wrong. You're not saying that at all, but just simply to end the process because they're not ready for where you're going with this. And so that's what I had to do. And so I just came to the place where I got tired of always backpedaling, of always quieting my voice so somebody else can feel better about themselves. And I look at it and I say, and this is where the whole leadership training aspect comes. If a person is too insecure to accept certain feedback, they should never be in a position of leadership. Leadership begins with the person. If you cannot lead yourself, then you have no right leading other people. An insecure people will, uh, insecure leader will always keep the people who are following them or the people who they're leading at a certain level, which they cannot go beyond because you will never be able to grow beyond that leader unless you take the steps to, to sidestep the system or get out of it somehow. And so that is just one example of what um, gave me that push to jump. There are several others that I could go into, but that was one of them. So then the thing is, how do you, how do you get taught to be a leader? There's different steps. Everybody says, you know, you read all the books, you have to do A, B, and C. What is your main focus on how do you become a leader? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Stop. Are you ready to maximize the impact of your podcast interviews and elevate your brand like never before? Stop wasting time on interviews that don't reach their full potential. With our cutting-edge AI technology, you can transform your content into captivating marketing materials in just seconds. Don't wait for hosts to promote your work. Take control of your brand's narrative today. Click the link below and unlock the full potential of your interviews. Say hello to Proactive Marketing Mastery and watch your brand soar with Cast Magic. Leadership to me is not really taught. Um, you're, you're taught certain principles, which enhances leadership, but no one can teach you to be a leader in the sense that every human being is created in such a way that we're all leaders in our own right. Uh, and I say that because um, one of the concepts of leadership is that if you have no one following you, you're not a leader. Well, first and foremost, you're a leader not over people per se, you're a leader over a particular gifting. So for me, for example, my dominant gift is writing. And from my writing, everything else flows. My screenwriting flows, my playwriting flows, writing my leadership programs flows, everything flows out of my writing. I have people come to me now as their writing coach. I have people coming to me asking me to help them edit something. And so I'm, I'm a leader in that right as a writer. Everybody has a special gift or talent that they came into the world with. No one came into this world empty. And it is for each and every one of us to tap into that potential. Your potential is not something that you've already done. Your potential is something that you're capable of doing and not yet done. 
And we have to discover what that is. And when you be- discover what that is and begin to dominate in it, that's where your leadership really begins. Um, and another thing, too, why I love to teach personal leadership is that once, once a person understands who they are, again, leadership starts right there. Because when you realize that you are just as valuable and significant as any other human being, and you have something to offer this world, then no one is ever going to be able to make you feel insecure about anything again. And once you get to that place of confidence, then you start leading yourself in such a way that you bring successes into your life. You start attracting the right people. You start attracting the right opportunities. So for me, leadership begins personal. And from personal, then now people begin to see something of value in you and they want to know how you did that. And that's where the followership comes in. So for me, I don't necessarily teach someone to be a leader. I teach them how to enhance their personal leadership to take it to another level. And then is that where other people will automatically gravitate to them because then they see that there's a leadership quality and they want to follow that person? Absolutely. Absolutely. But first, it begins with the person, because if the person is broken, if the person is insecure, then you're going to cause it may last for a while. But then when the challenges come, then one of the things that, you know, I have learned about leadership is that leadership exposes who you are. So if you are not an authentic person, if you're not operating in in your authenticity, if you are, you know, insecure, if you are lying about who you are and what you do, being in a position of leadership, it will expose you. So I always say to people, build the foundation properly before you start putting on, you know, the rest of the building. And it begins with that personal leadership. Have an idea for a fabulous event, but just don't know how to get started? Call Charles Matthews from CMJ Entertainment. He will sit down with you and give you key strategies and all the steps you need to know while setting your budget on the right track. Over the years, he's helped small and big businesses reach their goals on many events throughout the city. He specializes in charities, corporate and special events, and if you ask him, he will tell you his hands have been in a lot of the great events we have had in the city of Toronto. Give him a call at 416-414-8964 or read some information about what he can do at cmjentertainment.com. Don't waste time. Someone else is thinking of the same idea now. Spend the money now to save thousands later. Hey, it's okay if you're driving or too busy to take notes. Charles has your parachute packed with all the info you need to jump into success. Check out the links section for all the tools you need to land safe. Now, let's keep falling with Charles and his special guest. Now, I always ask this question and I ask it a lot. When you, most times when, you, when you're growing and you're going to the next level and you're leading and you're doing things, you have a lot of friends that you think are friends try to hesitate you or try to bring you back or think, how do you become a leader and, and stay away from the negativity? <laughs> that, my dear, is, is also one of the things that defines your brand, your leadership brand. If you can um, deal with those people, if you know how to not allow them to tear you down, then you know that you're, you're, you're well on your way. When I began to move into my new, um, my new area of influence, which is where I am now, when I began to move there, there are a lot of people. There were people who 
identified as as a best friend. I will say that, and they were the ones who come at me the hard, who came at me the hardest, and it was very painful. Now, what I had to do was to pull myself away. Whenever I come under those kinds of um, intense situations or you know attacks, however you want to call it, I have a tendency, and I, I, I encourage people to always do this: pull yourself away, get into a quiet place, and really assess the situation. For me, I'm spiritual. And I love to pray about everything. So I pulled myself away and I began to pray about what was going on and just asking for wisdom and guidance to know what to do, what, what are the right decisions to make, who stays and who goes. Um, I, I liken this whole process to someone tending a garden because, you know, I, I'm a person who likes plants. I love flowers. And when it comes to springtime, I always go out just after the snow melts and I trim the roses, I trim the whatever, or I get someone to come and do it for me. Because if you don't trim, then there won't be room for them to grow even to, to, to a fuller, more lush kind of, um, of plant. So it's the same thing with our lives. Whenever we're shifting, whenever we're going through a change, whenever we're being elevated, moving to a higher level, what happens is not that people hate you. It's just that you're moving in such a in such a way, you're moving in, in such a, a, a mental or emotional or spiritual realm that they can no longer understand you. They can't reach you anymore. So nothing nothing has happened between you and them. It's just that you're growing and they they're not growing at this point. And so you can't allow yourself to stay around people who are not growing. You have to shift. And in the shifting is the pain. But that pain also, when you think about it, I use the analogy of a woman giving birth, in order to give birth, therefore, you know, the woman is going to feel some pain. So when these things happen, it can be painful, but you're just being pushed into a larger place. And so, you know, it, it depends on how a person is looking at it. So once you see it from that perspective, you will realize that, hey, they are coming from a place, they don't want to let you go, because you being with them is comfortable. You moving away from them is probably showing them up in some way, shape or form and making them aware that they need to do something differently. And not many people are at the place where they're ready to do that. But you just have to do what's right for you. All right. So before we move on, please give everybody your phone number and email, how they can get a hold of you. Because some people are listening right now thinking, I need a little help. I know I need to get to that next level. How can Carlene help me? My phone number is 416-704-8487. I'll repeat that, 416-704-8487. And my email address is carlene, K-A-R-L-E-N-E, at carlenemillwood.com. All right, so here's a question. Greatness is always around us, but sometimes mm-hmm. when we fail... We realize from our failures how to be great again. Can you give us a story where you failed and then you realize that it was a learning experience from you? Oh, goodness. The amount of failures that I've experienced in my life. <laughs> it's um, every leader has to go through failure in order to um, recognize their greatness. And I failed quite a bit when I was in the corporate sphere. Um, many projects or a couple of projects that I work on, if, if I were to look at the bigger ones, they didn't quite turn out the way that I wanted them. One of the first projects as a young project manager, um, I had to do a project in one of the banks 
that affected the traders on the trading floor. And so when I did the assessment, there were certain things that I missed. And when the project went live, it was a disaster. And if you know the mentality of traders, many of them are, are they're very A-type personalities and they have to be for their job. And so when things weren't working the way they wanted it to work, it became a major thing that morning. I was so embarrassed because all eyes were on me. And so it was a very humbling experience. My first project right out of the gate, it was a very humbling experience. And so what it taught me is, um, you know, be, be humble. Ask questions. If you're unsure of something, don't move forward until you get the right answers. Um, Bible tells me uh, pride always goes before a fall. And that's something that I experienced in a big way on, on that particular project. So from that, you know, I, I rose up out of that project. And the next project that I was given, even though it was so difficult, because all I wanted to do was to find a rock somewhere and hide behind it. But um, you just have to push through. And that's basically what it is. You have to push through, ask for forgiveness, ask for help, and just um, look where you miss the steps and then do it better the next time. And then there's nothing fear about that. You just jump back on the horse again and go right into the distance? Absolutely. Listen, there was always the fear. But one of the things that I know, I've, I've, no, I've noticed for myself, and I'm sure other people can say the same, that if you allow fear, fear will always stop you from moving forward. You just have to push through it. The, 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 somebody said that the, the greatest way to overcome fear is to just do the thing that you're afraid of. And so the next project I got, believe me, my heart was pounding. I was dotting my I's and crossing my T's like crazy because I'm thinking I don't want to be that embarrassed again. And I'm sure that if I had failed at the next project, I would have gotten fired or shifted to some other group or something. And so I, I just wanted to make sure. So it, it was such a redemption for me after because it was a public failure. It wasn't something where just one or two people knew. It was a public failure. I'm talking about a, a trading floor of about 500 traders. So that was not a simple thing. So my redemption came when I was given another project. And this time the project <laughs> impacted not only our local branch, but it also affected branches in the UK, in Australia, in, um, in Asia. And so basically I had to um, bring all the servers down. So it was, it was a maintenance project. All the servers in the building had to go down that um, supported everything within the bank everything and it supported some of the processes and products in in the UK in Australia in Asia and i had to bring them back up on time for start of business in these different time zones and the question and the thing about it is that no one had ever done it impeccably in the years before and this was my first time doing it this time and it was the only time this time they told me it was the only time that anyone had ever done it so perfectly and so impeccably there was not one issue and so as a result of that, they asked me to put together a manual on how to do it and show people how to do it so that, you know, it, it, it continued the same way after that. So it was a public failure, but I also got a public redemption. Yeah. And what I always think, though, is I was with somebody the other day and I was looking at them doing their work and it looks great. Mm -hmm. But then they kept changing it and changing it and changing it and changing it. And I'm thinking mm -hmm. sometimes do we over analyze ourselves do we overthink ourselves do we overthink our projects because sometimes the project is there but because we 
want it to be so perfect and so do it. We actually overdo it. Yeah. The thing is, um, I used to be guilty of that myself, um, perfection and afraid of failure. And if you're afraid of failure, then you're never going to make any progress. And that's something I had to learn the hard way. Um, as a business analyst, there is something that I learned called, um, it, it's, it's a term that used in business quite a bit, analysis paralysis. And that's what you're talking about, overanalyzing something, um, trying to make it perfect. It's just not good enough. And you keep going and you keep going. But if you notice, the more the person changed the thing, they weren't making any progress and they, they really weren't um, getting to the end of what they wanted to do. So analysis paralysis. So you just have to sometimes just just go, put it out there, regardless of whether you think it's finished or not. And um, I find when I do that, I get feedback from people that will even help me to make it better. And I think some people are just afraid that um, afraid of the criticism. One of the things as, as a leader, <laughs> you can't be afraid of criticism. Because it's going to come whether you like it or not. If you do something well, you will get criticism. If you don't do it well, you will get criticism. You just simply have to learn how to walk through that, right? And so um, don't allow fear to hold you back. Just do yeah, it and, and stop nobody, looking for perfection. None of us are. Nobody wants to hear, oh, that wasn't good. Nobody wants to hear, oh, you could have done better. Or, oh, is that yours? It's like, <laughs> these are the words we're, we're always afraid to hear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then the thing about it is, I like you said, if someone says, oh, that's nice, but I would have liked it if it was blue. Well, then, hey, yeah. that's criticism that you can use for next time. Maybe you could have done blue. Maybe you're mm -hmm. you were on the fence. You were thinking red or blue, red or blue. And now she just mm -hmm. gave you the answer that it would have looked good in blue. So never worry about making it too perfect because you're not. And I repeat, you're not going to make everybody happy. Out of 10 people, you're going to get three that maybe just don't like it. Absolutely. And um, that's something for me, I, I will tell you this as a writer and most creatives are, are that way. I can say that we are very protective about our projects. These are our babies. And when I wrote my first book, I took one year before I shared the manuscript with anyone. Number one, I was afraid that no one will ever want to read those stories. And number two, I was afraid of um, the criticism. And I remember I went into a particular bookstore one day and I asked one of the people there if they would help me just um, just read it over and give me some feedback on it. And she started to give me some feedback and I felt the hairs on the back of my neck starting to rise. And I wanted to just <laughs> take it back and say, no, thank you for. And, I, and something within me said, be quiet and listen. Yeah. Right. Something just said, be quiet and listen. You may learn something. And I humbled myself in the moment when everything else in me just wanted to take back my manuscript and walk out. And I walked out of there with so many nuggets of wisdom that day. So many things that made that book so much better, that manuscript so much better than when I had initially written it. And it was just in that moment that I said to myself, OK, criticism is going to come, but you have to know how to take it. All right. So real quick, let's talk about the book. Uh, tell us a little bit about it so we can go out there and grab it for, for ourselves because it sounds like that's your baby. You raised it, you know, you taught it everything and that's something that we need to grab. So tell us about your book. So all of my creative projects are my babies. So I have several babies. Um, I have babies that are books. I have babies that are, are movies. I have babies that are plays. Um, this particular book that I was talking about, though, is um, my very first book that I wrote. It's a book of short stories called A Bucket Full of Mangoes. I believe the electronic copy is still available on Amazon. Um, 
a bucket full of mangoes is really a series of cultural stories about a young girl growing up in Jamaica. Um, there are themes in there that talks about how she relates to her family and community and how her interaction with them helped to shape her identity and her, her sense of self-esteem and self, um, and her self-confidence. Um, you know, and, uh, it's a very cultural book. It did very well in the islands. Um, I've done book tours down there with several schools and people are still interested in having it in their schools and so on and so forth. Um, my second book is a more spiritual book and, um, it's just about how I tackled certain situations in my life from a spiritual perspective. And it's really, it's just very spiritual. It's called, it's a devotional and it's called, um, Wow, when it gets bad when you can't remember the name of your book. It's called Quiet Moments, Empowerment for Daily Living. And that's also still available on Amazon.com and um, Amazon.ca in both electronic uh, or digital and um, hard copy. So they can pick up those books anywhere. I just um, got another book published. And this one wasn't uh, a, a solo project, though. It was a collaboration of about 150 other authors and that's called 365 empowering stories that's also available on amazon.com and .ca and um, that was our number one breakout amazon bestseller so it, it made all of us best-selling authors at the same time so there are those three projects that are available on amazon and what this book 365 empowering stories um, it really is some stories from different women about certain things that they've overcome in their lives. Many of them have um, jumped. Many of them have gone through harrowing situations and how they overcame. But it, it's their stories that are meant to inspire and empower. It's a great read. So they're all out there for you. If you um, just search Amazon, number one was A Bucket Full of Mangoes. Number two, Quiet Moments, Empowerment for Daily Living. And number three, 365 empowering stories all They're right all available on amazon and we're going to have all those on my link down below so if you go to jumppodcastshow.com that's jumppodcastshow.com we're going to have all the show notes with all the links to all those books so the last question before i go is when you leave this earth what do you want your legacy to be ah uh, that's an amazing question I had to literally write something out a few years ago about what I would like to see on my tombstone. <laughs> it was very hard. I would like my legacy to be one where I'm known as a woman who helped other people to come into their purpose, as one who has left such an impact on the world through her body of work, whether it's my books, whether it's um, the movies, whether it's the plays. Um, for me, everything that I do is supposed to be impactful and not just for the sake of. So the everything that I write has a message in it. So through those messages, I want to be able to change people's lives in one way or the other. I want to be known as a woman who helped people elevate from one level to another into that thing that they were designed and created to do and see them come into their that success. I want to be that woman that's remembered as a life changer. Now, with that said, I was reading your um, your website, and I see that you change a lot of lives. That you have great stories on there that you you've helped other people, which is fantastic. And anytime you can help somebody, 
then you know your job has been fulfilled. So I thank you so much for being on my show. And I thank all my listeners for listening. Uh, you have a great day. You're listening to The Jump with Carlene Millwood. We thank you so much, Carlene. Thank you for having me and have a great day. All right, Jump Podcast listeners, take that chance. Go for it. it might be your time to jump. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. If you liked the show or have a comment, we would love to hear from you. Join our mailing list. And as always, check out our special deals links below. I hope this has inspired you to look at your life and jump. See you next week. Amazon is offering sign-on bonuses up to $1,000. Plus, get up to $20 an hour for select roles. The best part? We're hiring near you. So start now to take home something greater. New, higher wages with a sign-on bonus, a range of real benefits, and career growth opportunities in a top-rated workplace. So earn more and see how great pay and sign-on bonuses can lead to a greater life for you. Go to Amazon.com apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Amazon is offering sign-on bonuses up to $1,000. Plus, get up to $20 an hour for select roles. The best part? We're hiring near you. So start now to take home something greater. New, higher wages with a sign-on bonus. A range of real benefits and career growth opportunities in a top-rated workplace. So earn more and see how great pay and sign-on bonuses can lead to a greater life for you. Go to Amazon.com apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Hey, hope you had a great time listening to the show. If you think I did a great job, please buy me a coffee. I still got a lot of work to do. We would love to hear from you, your feedback, so please click the link and leave us a review. You can help us grow by following us on all social media platforms and sharing this link. Once again, it's time for you to jump. Success is waiting.